It's good to be here this morning. We're going to be considering in the sessions that lie before us, the sessions uh, next week and the week after, we're going to be considering the church, and that is the called out ones from the world. We are the called out ones from this world. God has called us out of this world and to exist and coexist within the confines of this body, the church. Now, many, many people don't put a lot of importance on the church, it, but a lot of people just look at their experience uh, in the church. Uh, many of them misunderstand it completely and call it that particular location, which it is not a location. It is a body of believers, a local body of believers that have come together as a community of believers, and they seek to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's the objective, to grow and in the, in the grace in the Lord of, of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we have the church there compared, and in many cases is compared to a building, and that would be appropriate, right? A, a building is a great comparison. But in Ephesians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul compares it to that of a garden or agricultural type setting. Because he says this, I, Paul, I planted... Apollos watered, but it is God that brings the increase. The, the, the church is there compared to that of a garden. God is basically saying this. He's saying that I am going to place you in a place that you will grow. And many of us who turn around, we just simply say, well, you know, I'm not feeling well this morning have a little bit of a headache. And so we basically take ourselves out of that place of growth. And then a week goes by, and, and the next Sunday comes by, and, and, and you got that old headache again, you know, that old Sunday morning headache, because it just comes on Sunday mornings, it seems like. And we take ourselves out. And as we go through this process, it becomes easier and easier and easier to t- simply distance ourselves from what God has ordained as his place of growth. There's a certain soil. We're placed in this garden. It is no accident that each of you is placed here. You say, well, it's just random. We just all flow along and and we all kind of land someplace. No, you don't. By the design of God, you landed here. And so we're all planted, 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 planted. And, and we're all planted together in order that we might grow to get together. This is the place where we grow within the confines of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ being the very foundation of it. Of it. We turn and we say, and you hear this all the time, His weeds, that guy's weeds are growing into my space. Can't you see that, Lord? His weeds are growing into my space. Those are mine. Look, they've got his signature. Those are his weeds. They're growing into my space. Lord, do something. And the Lord turns and he says, pull them out. That's not fair. 
You know that old adage. I love that when kids say that. That's not fair. They've got to get to the point where they realize that nothing is really fair. And, and so we turn back to God. We say, God is his weeds. I don't want his weeds in my space. God says, pull them out. Take them out. Reach down in humility. Grab those weeds and pull them out. They're not mine. That's not fair. And then we grow in this garden that God has planted us. And we grow and we grow and we suddenly realize that it wasn't fair that the Lord Jesus Christ was stretched out upon a cross and bare in His body our own sins on that tree. That wasn't fair either. And He is the foundation of the church. And then there is the idea that we don't like this particular group, and so we move on and we move on. And we There's a lot about me you're not going to like. There's a whole lot about me that you're not going to like. And as you look at it, you're going to say, look at those faults. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. We're masters at pointing out the other guy's problems. We're masters at it. And yet for some reason, we have this, this unbelievable ability of not seeing our own. God has planted us. He's placed us in the confines of this garden. We call boulevard. That's just a place. That, that's just a place. Boulevard. Go find us. We're on the boulevard, you know. We're just a body of believers gathered in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're all here planted by God in order that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church is designed to deliver a product. The product is better than it was at the outset. You have Adam who, who was there in that garden. You say, what an ideal circumstance that Adam had. It says that he walked with God. He communed with God. Guess what the church says? Not that God is walking with us anymore next to us or the Lord Jesus Christ walking with us. The Bible tells me they're in us. Well, that's even more intimate. That's even more uh, a close uh, fellowship. That is even more conducive to the growth that we can experience as we plant ourselves in this garden. Christ in us, the hope of glory. God who's in us, the Holy Spirit that is in us. If you plant yourself in a local fellowship of believers, you're going to be frustrated, sure. You're going to have, uh, uh, you're going to say, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Why do they do that? (laughs) It's all part of the growing process. Don't, Don't sidestep it. Don't find reasons not to be here. Say, well, that, 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 that woman drives me nuts. I, I cannot take her one more minute and then begin to analyze and begin to, uh, to, 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 to really analyze why God put that woman in that fellowship. Maybe it's, she's put there in order that we might see something within ourselves. 
Like I say, it's, it's super easy to, to be able to... It's amazing how, how good we are at pointing out everyone else's faults. And, and our own faults seem to just... They're just not there, you know. We're planted. God has planted us here for a reason. And the end, end product is, is that we are more like the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who planted us. That's the end product. And the very end product, the very pinnacle of this whole thing is that we're going to be exactly like Christ. Well, that's after we've gone from this world. We're going to be exactly like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you say, but I, 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 can, I can grow on my own. I, I, I can grow on my own. And, and, and what I've seen happens is some really deformed individuals that are out there on their own. And, and rightly so, because God designed it to be a group project, a community of believers that come together and grow together. If God says, that's the best way, and we say, no, God, I think between me and the Lord Jesus Christ who saved my soul, we can do a better job. Well, that would be rebellion, wouldn't it? That would be absolute rebellion. I sometimes think it just doesn't mean enough to us. This whole thing, this whole thing called the church, it, it really doesn't cost us enough. And so it's sort of a nonchalant, well, I have my life, I have my business, I have my wife, I have my children, I have a ba 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 And then, oh, on the very end, tagged along, like a caboose, I have the church. That's not what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me that that should be the the, the thing in in the forefront. It should predominate, dominate our lives. The church, the body of Christ. This is what it costs other people. We live in the United States, and this is just a place where we are so spoiled, it is pathetic. This is what it costs a young lady in a country called Laos, it's a communist country. She looked around at her neighbors, and there were two neighbors in her particular community that were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she looked at their lives, and she said, I'll never do that. That's crazy. You've got the government against you. You've got persecution. You've got troubles. That's crazy. And then the Lord reached out, and he separated her unto himself. That, that's what church is, right? It's, it's, it's pulled out ones, right? He said, you, you, who said, I will never, here. And she was pulled out, and she fell in love with Christ. She absolutely fell in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because with him, she saw something that she had never seen before. It's called L-O-V-E, love. The first time, she, she never really understood what love is all about until she realized that this one bare 
her sins in his own body on that tree. He died for her sins, and she took the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. Now, she knew that this would not go well in her house. This is what it says. She began to attend a house church in her village. But neighbors soon noticed and took her parents and, and told her parents... Furious about the secret conversion, her parents tried to prevent her from going to church. I need you, said her mother, I need you to collect firewood every Sunday morning. Her mother told her, if you don't, then you cannot live here. At first, uh, Sonia didn't know what to do. But when she awoke early on Sunday morning, she decided to ask the Christian neighbor if she could borrow firewood for, uh, for her and, and she would return it in the afternoon. Sonia gave the firewood to her mother and then got ready for church. Her mother was shocked that she was able to gather all that firewood in such a small period of time. Well, the tension in the household did not stop there. And this is what the parents decided. When her parents finally threatened to send her to the city and sell her into prostitution. Well, you see, the, the, the church, it, it, it doesn't mean, it, it, there's not enough cost involved to us. We simply walk through the door and, well, we gander into one church. Well, we can gander into another church. We can just, it doesn't cost anything to us. It costs everything to her. And when she realized that her mother and father were going to sell her into prostitution for good money, for good money gain, she left. Now, she is a full-time minister of the gospel in the country of Laos. It cost her a lot. It cost her a lot. And there are a lot of individuals in this room. I can see them. I can see their faces. They know what I'm talking about. It's going to cost you doesn't cost us anything, but it certainly did cost her. Now, that doesn't mean that, that every church is, is the same. And, and, and one thing that I think happens is there is a deviation in a lot of churches, and they deviate from the blueprint, which is the Word of God. And they begin to... To, to just feel a little bit more comfortable with some sort of a democratic solution. We'll set up a committee. And then with that committee, we'll set up a board. And suddenly, the decision-making process, instead of following the blueprint of the Scriptures, they take that decision-making process, and it begins to make decisions for them. You see, it just, it's just more comfortable the Word of God says, without faith it is impossible to please God. It, it, it is impossible to please God. But it is, it is a chore for some people to run down that avenue of faith. Looking to a head that's not, not physically here, we say. We know where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We know the Lord Jesus Christ is here. But it's just not all that comfortable to, to look to a head that's invisible. And yet that head needs to be the one making the decisions. Well, you say, well, that's got to be the elders and the, and the deacons. Uh, uh, they're the ones making the decisions, those who are, are leading the church. They're the ones making the decisions. No, the head makes the decisions. 
It's one thing that we pray when we come together as elders. It's one thing that we keep uh, very constant in our minds, the fact that we are not looking to make a Lord, tell us the way here. And there's a lot of situations that we're facing as elders, and we say, oh, Lord, please tell us the way here. Because there, there just seems to be very little answers. The blueprint, then, is the Word of God. If I walked onto a construction site and, and, and there was the, uh, the, 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 the man in charge, sort of the, the, the contractor, and he's got his set of blueprints and he's got them all laid out there and there's what you need to do for the building. And I walk onto that site and I say, oh, no, 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 don't worry. Listen, put your blueprints away. I've got my own. And, 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 and mine, oh, oh, they're much better. They're much better. Put, put yours away. That wouldn't be a building. That would be a disaster. An absolute disaster. There's one set of blueprints for this, our gathering, as a body of believers. And that blueprint is the Word of God. The foundation has been laid. Turn, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 19. The foundation... Has already been laid. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, speaking about the church here, listen to verse number 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so the foundation of the church has already been built. That's the process that we see in the book of Acts. It historically gives us the process of the laying out of this mystery called the church, the foundation, has been laid. Now, how many of you go to your house and you say, uh, today, uh, um, um, honey, what I need to do is I am going to have a little home project. And what we're going to do is we are going to beat the foundation out of our house and we're going to move it over here. You don't do that, do you? There aren't many home projects that, that, that include the moving of the foundation of the house because if you move the foundation of the house, you're just basically uh, compromising the whole infrastructure of the thing. The foundation's already been laid. That, that's been laid by the apostles. There were miracles involved. We, we learned about the miracles involved. It talks about that in the book of Hebrews, that where they went, there were miracles. Paul had handkerchiefs hanging out of his, his clothes because he realized that as people would grab that handkerchief, they, they would actually get a healing. I sound like a Pentecostal preacher now, don't I? You get your healing, you know? You walk around and, and you pull out a handkerchief and you get your healing, you know? You get your healing. And, and, but what happened later on? Well, there were individuals that came around Paul that were actually very sick. Paul said, well, I'll pray for you. You can see that this kind of manifestation is there to build the foundation, to validate the fact that God is in this, absolutely, without a question, that God is in this. And so the foundations have been laid. The, sound, the signs have been given. There is divine ownership. Turn, if you will, to Acts chapter 20. <clears throat> Acts chapter 20 and verse 27. Chapter 20 and verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and all the flock 
over which the Holy Ghost uh, hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So you see, the ownership is God himself. Nobody owns this. Nobody owns this local gathering. Nonetheless, we're, we're all part of the universal church that, that is owned by God the Father. So he is uh, the divine owner. You can see wh- what it was purchased by. It's purchased in his blood. That is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sins. Is this church important to God? Wow. I mean, he could have gone out and, and there could have been a, a major buyout of a giant corporation. Maybe he just bought it out with a few billion dollars. No, he sent his son and his son bled and died for it. Well, then it's, it's pretty important. This is the way that God in his, in his infinite plan is moving forward now in the avenue of love. You can see love written all over that. The Lord Jesus Christ bled, and we, we learned about it this morning when the scriptures were read. He bled and died. He was in open shame. That's the price of this gathering. Well, I might come, but I might not. Seems a bit of a nonchalant attitude towards something that God takes very, very seriously. So we have divine ownership. And the purpose of it is to display God's love. God is love, First John says. So God is love. He is the very basis of love. He is in the process now uh, as, as divinely set out in this great plan of God in displaying his love to mankind. And that's why when we come in amongst the, the gathering, we don't bite and devour each other. We love one another. What's, what strikes us out, what makes us, distinguishes us, is, well, you're distinguished by your love one for the other. Oh, wow. Wow. Almost like to go back to the old war days of the Old Testament, you know? Maybe that'd be a little more comfortable. Now I have to love all those who are around me, who are planted around me, even though their weeds are growing into my area. He says, love them. Love them. Love them. And graciously go and pick the weeds right out. Love them. So it's all based on the love of God. Who builded the church? Peter's confession, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then the Lord Jesus Christ said, upon this rock, in other words, upon the confession that you just made, that this, this is the Son of the living God, that puts him in, in sovereign state. He is God. That's what that's talking about. Thou art the Christ. That is the sent one. He sent in order to die. He wasn't sent in order to be a warlord. He, he wasn't sent. He could have been. Listen, that, that seems more logical in our mind. Listen, you need to make justice on this earth. You're sent as a warlord. And you're going to show them. That's what the disciples said. Come on, Lord. Let's go. Get, send fire from hell. I mean, fire from heaven to blast them. 
That's what the disciples said. That's what they wanted. That's the human heart. And God is saying, no, this is based on love. I want to manifest my love to you. And that's what this church is all about. This gathering of believers, this local gathering of believers, by no accident, each one is in here as a part of this growing process as we all grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For the equipping of the saints, for the work in the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And, and so as we, as we begin to, to minister one to the other, we want to make sure that we're ministering as in accordance with the Spirit of God being leading out in that ministry. If we're ministering uh, in this church and we're doing it by our own human uh, uh, ingenuity and, and my little plan, oh, this is what I think needs to be done right here. <laughs> this, is, this is what I think needs to be done. This person needs to be done right here. Right here, she needs to come under my rule. And that, No, that's, that's the flesh. That's the natural man. That's the natural man walking forward. That's not the spiritual man. Shut up. Sit down. Until you grow a little bit more. And once you grow a little bit more, you'll begin to realize that, that God wants you to act. Yes, we're to minister to one another. We're to serve one another. The Lord Jesus Christ came not to be ministered, but to minister and to give his life. Yes, we're that, in that pattern. We're more like Christ. But listen, until it's spirit-filled, spirit-delivered, if it's in the flesh that we're doing these things, oh, it becomes more destruction than it is good. That's why the Word of God tells us we all have been given a gift. This is a supernatural ability. A supernatural. Now listen, if I go into someone else's gift and I say, well, listen, I just want to have all the gifts. I have that gift. And you go and you start working in that and all of a sudden you start muttering things up and messing things up because that's not the gift that God gave you. God gave us gifts in order to minister one to the other. And when we work out in the, the aspect of that gift, as by the Spirit of God, there can be growth. And this whole thing works. And there's unity within the believers. Make sure that you're moving by the Spirit of God. The build, building materials... 1 Peter 2, uh, verse 1 through 5, and we went through this uh, earlier. 1 Peter 2, and 1 through 5, it says this. <clears throat> Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. He's, talk, he's talking about the church. No, that doesn't happen in the church. No, not, the, not our church. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens when that old flesh starts percolating and we begin to work via that percolating, disgusting flesh rather than by the Spirit. It says, Guile, hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings as newborn babies, desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by. If so, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, wow, well, listen to this, ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, a, a, to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable God by Jesus Christ. We are the stones. He's building this building up with each 
one of us as we contribute to this building. It is not secondary in our lives. It is not thirdary in our lives. That's a word. It, it is not. Listen, it is primary in our lives. The fact that we're a part, we, our little block, my little block in this particular place is there to build up the saints. Uh, with whatever gift God has given me, that's where my primary focus should be in my existence on earth. Oh, no. Oh, my job. You don't know how demanding that thing is. Hmm? Well, it's... Is the Lord's arm short? <laughs> Is it too short? He can't deal with those issues. No, I think his, he can deal with those issues. And he can get us to the point where we are actually uh, focusing our attention on what really is important in this life. He calls us lively stones. I, I, I like that, you know. Um, when it came to uh, the, the, the creation of Adam, he says he took dust to the ground. Dust to the ground. You see, if he would have said, um, we went up to Mount whatever, whatever, and we took a rock from Mount whatever, whatever, and from that rock, we made Adam. Everybody would be running around trying to figure out where Mount whatever, whatever is, trying to find that stone, but he took Adam from the dust of the I love this because you know what we're forced to do because of gravity? We have to walk on the dust every day. You see, can't worship that, can you? It's dirty. It, it, it's dirty. We've got to walk on it. We're forced to walk on it. There's, it, there's no gravity. We'd float, but we don't. We, 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 walk, we walk on the dust. So it, you see, th- that God may receive all the glory, and he calls us living stones. A dead st- just the opposite. They're contrary. A stone is dead. That's exactly what you think. A stone dead, right? No, stone living. So that God gets the glory. You know, we, we may think we're all that in the church. I'm really something special. Or are you? You're a living stone is what you are. You're a dead rock. That's all you are. So that God gets the glory in the church. And that's why we're going to sing for all eternity. Our, our song is going to be, Holy, Holy, Holy. We sang it this morning. Is the Lord God Almighty. Why? We're, going to, we're not going to say, Oh, boy, we did it right. All those folks down at Boulevard, they really got it. Mm, they didn't get nothing. If they got anything, they got the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ continually there, working in amongst them, and to Him be the glory forever and ever in the church. Amen. So we're living stones. What are we built of? What's this thing built of? Living stones as we come and we submit ourselves uh, to the Lord. Uh, And then we are, who occupies this place? This is pretty strange to realize that uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, let's go there because I want you to see this. Um, You say, well, well, we, we occupy this place. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Am I in the right spot here? Yeah, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, 
For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth in an infidel? And it says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. So you see, as we come together, we have Christ in us. Go over to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 25. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have the Holy Spirit in us, ruling and reigning in our beings. Now, if, if, we, if we cast the Holy Spirit aside and we begin to say that basically that I can do this on my own and my thoughts and my will and my ways are much better than his, then we are going to cause chaos in the church. Absolute chaos. But the people that reside in this church, the people that find it holy enough to reside in it, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So then, so then it would behoove us, it, it, common sense, that we were singing holy, holy, holy. That's thrice holy God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy. Holy, holy, holy. It, we need to keep this place holy. That means to go and confess our sins. We, we are not holy. Listen, I am not holy in me, but I've got Christ and he's holy in me. You know, I'm not all sanctified and ready to go and, and walk in the right direction. I'm not that way. But I've got Christ in me. He's walked. He's sanctified. He's set apart. I've got God the Father in me. I've got God the Holy Spirit in me. As I'm working out within the context of this church, the body of believers that come together, as I'm working out in the, the realms of these this tripart divine God, oh man, there can be power like you wouldn't believe. And things are going to start happening like you wouldn't believe. And there's going to be love, one for the other. There's going to be love, one for the other. The foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why are we so easily deviated? Because it's a whole lot easier to plug in some sort of a democratic rule. We are, we are surrounded by democracy here, so it's so much easier to, to pick up a church board. Let's, let's devise a church board. A bunch of individuals whom we will give account to. We'll give, a, we'll give account to that church board. And then, and then from the church board, we've got headquarters. So the, 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 this church board is then responsible towards that headquarters. And from the headquarters, who is head of the church? Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Lord Jesus Christ is head of the church, isn't he? So what we've done is we've circumvented the whole process that the Lord Jesus Christ has built into the thing. And he said, if you do it my way, it will work. By faith, by faith, you're going to have to walk out and you're going to have to look to the head who's not there presently at this particular time. He is here. We know he's in spirit. But we're going to have to work by faith, by the spirit of God, and this thing will work. 
And there's many churches that have circumvented the whole thing, and they put all kinds of democratic rule and function into their churches. And by that, they've basically taken the Lord Jesus Christ, and they've said, please, could you just please sit over here for a little while? We'll tell you when we need you. And the Lord Jesus Christ reaches over with his two fingers, and he goes, snuffs it out. The light is gone. You see, Revelation chapter 2, he snuffs it out. He says, no, you're no longer in it for my glory. You're in it for your glory. And the flame goes out. And we know that that happens all around this. Lord, help us that it never, we never come near allowing such a thing to happen. We must be dependent upon the head, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who paid for this by his own blood. He's the one who has the rights to it. We have no rights to it. It's not our church. Our church? Please. It's his body, it's his blood. He's the foundation, he's the one that occupies. He's the head of the church. And then it, it is not to be, as far as the names are concerned, I, I love this. Well, we're Episcopalians. Well, we're Lutherans. Can you imagine? I, I think Luther would roll over his grave if he found that out. No, we're gathered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our gathering, this community of believers, is stained by His blood, not Luther's blood. So we've got to be careful. We call ourselves the boulevard because our location only. We're gathered in and unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an article in here that I think is very good, but I, I'm, I just don't have time to read it. I wish I could, but... Uh, I do not have it at this particular time. The glory of the church. The glory of the church is, 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 is when we all uh, come as one and we all love one another and we all hug one another and, and we say, ha, ha, we did it. Is that the glory of the church? No. It's not in it for us. It's in it for God's glory. To Him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ. Unto him. And then Colossians chapter 1. I'm just going to go here really quickly. We'll try to wrap this thing up really quickly here. Colossians. uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17. It says this. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have, as the Lord Jesus Christ, he might have the preeminence. So the glory goes to him and to him alone. What about the goal? What is the goal of the church? That one day... We're no longer going to have to complain about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is not here body. In body, we are going to be with him, and we are going to be like him. Uh, So let's go to Titus chapter 2, and we see from there the goal 
uh, of the church, Titus chapter 2 and verse number 13. And it says this, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for that blessed hope. That is what drives us when we know that one day we are going to be like him, for we're going to see him as he is. We're going to be right in his very presence. We are going to be conformed absolutely to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so far from it right now. It is ridiculous. I understand that. Uh, But there's going to come a day when I'm going to be just like the Lord Jesus Christ at his appearing. And then the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to rule and reign on this earth. And, And judgment is going to fall. Are you ready? Are you ready if the Lord should come? And by every sign that we have out there, it seems so evident that it is so close that soon the Lord Jesus Christ is is going to have to look down upon this earth and God the Father is going to give him the signal, go back and and get your perfected bride. By the way, we're, we're part of that. Here in this local assembly, we are a part of that perfected bride. And so you go back and you get your perfected bride and you bring her home. And there's going to be a wedding like there has never been before. What a blessing. That should drive us. That should move us. Uh, It should help us to, to get through some of the harder spots of life. We've got difficulties. We face difficulties day in, day out. But that should drive us, that goal that one day I'm going to be exactly like the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to see him as he is. I'm going to be in his very presence. And what a glory that will be. Remember, it's his blood. It's his blood that gave us the right to sit in here as a group of blood-bought believers and claim him as our Savior. It's his blood that gave us that right. We are set free from the bondage of sin. We are taken out of darkness into his marvelous light because of the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. And But that is a two-edged sword, and I always want to point this out. Look out. It's a two-edged sword. If that blood is there to save us, for those who reject it, it is going to condemn them. It's that same blood that will condemn them. Oh, friends, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. What a a blessing. Man, you don't have a bunch of hoops to jump through. All you've got to do is put your faith and trust in the one who died in your place at Calvary's cross, and you will be saved. You're then going to enter the universal church. You'll then enter the universal church, and then by choice, you're going to grab onto a fellowship, and you're going to say, I made that choice. And you're going to realize years and years later, it wasn't you that made that choice at all. It was God that made that choice and placed you where you are so that you would grow in this garden. Let's pray. Our God and our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this great unveiling of this mystery, that which was hidden in times past, has been made known to us. And it's in correlation with your body, the blood that you shed. And now we gather in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing that is. Our Father, you sent him. He displayed perfect obedience. 
He died in order that we might have life. And then he was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And now he's seated at your right hand, ever making intercession for us. Instructing the church, moving the church. Oh, Father, we just pray that we'd we'd be subjected to his will and not our own. We just give you thanks, our Father, for gathering us again in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do pray. Amen.